Luke chapter number 5. As you know, and have you witnessed, and as if you looked in our bulletin, you notice we have uh, this month a great emphasis on stewardship. And uh, if you came to church today and uh, had in the back of your mind, the preacher will probably preach on money. You're right. But we don't preach on money any other time throughout the year. In the month of January, we emphasize stewardship. Stewardship encompasses money. Stewardship is not money. Stewardship encompasses money. We do not have stewardship to raise money. We have stewardship to raise Christians. You understand that? We do not emphasize stewardship to raise money. We emphasize maturing in the Lord, growing grace in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I think if all of our homes get right in the matter of money, then the church will be blessed. And it has been over these 30 years, and it's been good. So, that's all I'm going to say about money today. I'm going to preach on something else. Luke chapter number 5. All you visitors, we're glad you're here today. And we do have smelling sauce outside, just in case you get shocked with this old man when he passes out while he preaches. <laughs> the Bible says, how many of you believe the book? How many of you love the book? Amen, buddy. I love the book. I believe the book. We're, we're an old-fashioned bunch. Amen. Bunch of, bunch of old-fashioned folk believe in the old-fashioned book, the old-fashioned way, going to an old-fashioned heaven. I, I just like that too. Randy, you preaching tonight? Huh? Gwen, is he studying? Because I'm not coming if you haven't studied. You're not, you're not smart enough to preach. Huh? He studies a lot? You never know it. That's the missionary pew right there. That, that, that pew's plumb full of missionaries. And uh, boy, good missionaries too. I'm talking about them. I love them. The Bible says in Luke chapter 5, verse 1, And it came to pass. I have a footnote. It always will. If God said it, hang your hat on it. It will come to pass. Isn't that good? If I was a good preacher, I could preach an hour on that. And it came to pass. That as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, the lake of Galilee. And he saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them, and they were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. And when he left speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when he had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and 
fill both ships so that they began to sink. From nothing to sinking ships. From toiling all the night and coming up empty to nets so full that they're breaking. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. And he was astonished at all that were with him at the draught of fishes that they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to the Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. What a, what a story. Enough to make chill bumps run up and down on a cue ball. Amen. From nothing to plenty. From bankruptcy to prosperity. From a little bitty handful of people just 30 years ago to two churches full today. And all because somebody else was in the boat but Peter. Peter didn't catch the fish. Somebody else knew where the fish were. Somebody else empowered the fishing trip. Somebody else mastered that boat. Say, Jesus, do you know something that Peter don't? <laughs> Would you say that maybe somebody knew something that Peter didn't know? Hmm? Would you say somebody knew Something about the fiery furnace that Nebuchadnezzar didn't know about. Could I please help you today? Somebody knows something about you that you don't know anything about. I'm glad I do not know what tomorrow holds, but I'm glad I know who holds tomorrow. <laughs> Amen. I don't uh, know everything, but thank God I know somebody that does. Now, somebody has said and suggested that this is the second time that Jesus has called Peter. In John chapter number 1, Peter was introduced to the Lord by his brother Andrew. But it seems as though in the text that Peter's on the boat and Jesus had just healed his mother-in-law. That's the first time I knew the Pope had a wife. Because if you've got a mother-in-law, it's a pretty good chance somewhere out back there's a wife. And chapter number four says that Jesus healed Peter 
who's supposed to be the first pope, wife. And when all of that takes place, Jesus proceeds and goes down by the sea and he sees a couple of ships standing by the sea. The crowds begin to gather. As his fame spreads throughout the land, the healer of all diseases, the creator of new wine, the miracle worker of all times has now come to town. The crowds begin to gather. And as Jesus tried to teach, the throngs were so humongous and so vast that he had to borrow a ship thrust out from land just to dab, and there he taught the people out of the ship. I would have liked to have been there, would you not? Now, notice in the text, Jesus does not leave the boat. When the fishing trip takes place, It's quiet, doesn't it? And so when the lesson was finished, Jesus looked to Peter and said, Thrust out a little into the deep. You don't catch many fish sitting on the bank. And we got a lot of folks who are saved, who are sitting on the bank where the reed pole, but not catching anything. Have you caught any fish lately? They didn't like that too much. Have you folks over here caught any fish lately? We are called to be fishers of men. Peter, you are called to be a fisher of men. Peter, seemingly in the text, is not a full-fledged follower of Jesus Christ yet. He goes and hears him a while, and then he goes back to fishing. Kind of like some of us. And Jesus approaches Peter, and this is the second time he has called him to be fishers of men. And he looks at Peter and said, Peter, are you a fisherman? He said, yes. Where is your fish? He says. Fishermen ought to be catching fish. It's always more fun to catch fish than just to 
fish for fish. Would somebody in the balcony say amen? I feel something coming on, but I'm afraid it'll clabber if somebody don't encourage me a little. It's always better to catch fish if you're fishing. It's been a long, tiring night for Peter and his fishermen friends. In fact, the Bible said they have toiled, not just fish, but toiled, labored, if you please, all night. And it must be tiring to pull the nets, to sling the nets, to pull the nets, to sling the nets. And now they've got the nets and they're cleaning the nets and repairing the nets, repairing the nets. And they must be, in the Tennessee term, give out. And Jesus says, Peter launch out into the deep for a draught. Now, Peter could have been Baptist like us and say, you're a preacher, not a fisherman. Shut up. What do you know about fishing anyhow? You're a carpenter. You're raised in a carpenter shop. You don't know nothing about bass boats and live wells and, and uh, what else is on boats? Motors. This is the fishing. You don't know nothing about that, Jesus. Just, you just need to. Man, we, we, we've been fishing all night. We've been sowing it and nobody gets saved. And we worked on a boat and nobody had come. And we'd invite folk and they just won't. We have toiled all the night and taken nothing. So Jesus just shut down and shut up. We're tired. We're going to go home, go to bed, and watch the Super Bowl. Jesus said, now, Peter, you don't know this, but I know something you don't know. See, I know where the fish are. And I know what's a fish. And Peter, somebody bigger than you is riding on this boat. So, Peter, if you want to go a little higher, if you want to get a little more, and if you want to experience a little more, and if you want to feel the presence of Almighty God, and you want to see fruit that abounds to your account, and if you want to see fruit that demands fruit, help, let out, get off the bank. Any of you folks tired of sitting on the bank? Will you read, poll, just to fish it? Launch out. Most Christians remind me, a fellow was sitting one day talking to a very beautiful elderly lady. And he was standing there talking, and a peacock walked out. Everybody know what a peacock is? And that peacock come around to the corner of that building. And about the time that peacock got in front of those two folks, he just ruffled out those feathers, and that thing looked Forty times bigger than it really was. Just all them feathers everywhere. And that lady was so impressed. 
She said, my Lord, what a beautiful bird. That old boy said, yeah, but it don't represent much meat. It's like our Christianity. Bunch of feathers. We show up on Sunday, 98.6, our temperature is. And we go home. We ain't got enough Christianity to get along with our wife. We ain't got enough Christianity to invite our next, day neighbor, next door neighbor to come go to heaven with us. Now, some of us need to launch out. Uh, some of us need to get off the bank. Some of us need to uh, let our voice be heard. Some of us need to let our light shine and God may be glorified before men. You say, well, I've got a degree. Well, I hope it didn't hurt you. One day we'll all stand before our Lord. Yes, we will. Luke 9.10 says, And the apostles, when they had returned, told him all that they had done. One of these days, we're going to have to account for our fishing. So that everyone shall give an account for himself to God. The devil and the world does not want us to get too excited about this Jesus business. They want to get excited about, about football and basketball and who can dunk a basketball. My soul, if I was 10 foot tall and couldn't shoot a, a free throw, I wouldn't brag about dunking. Hello, is anybody here? And I watched those baseball games and those infielders missed grounders. They ought to have grounded the diamonds that I played on. Son, those things look like carpet. Our bases was even liquid. Our bases slid with us sometimes. Boulders in the infield so big, the baseball would hit the boulder. You wouldn't know if you were catching the rock or the baseball. And these guys making millions of dollars. My soul. I forgot where I was. Get serious about everything in the world. Let's not get too serious about this Jesus business. No, sir. Saturday's our day. Don't get too excited about going soul winning and trying to encourage somebody in the Lord and trying to fix somebody's marital situation and shedding a tear over a little boy or a girl that's gone awry. No, no, sir. Don't you get excited about any of that. Do your deal on Saturday. Don't you dare get excited about Jesus. Don't you start thinking way outside. Don't you dare think about getting involved for God. No, sir. No, sir. Ten percent, after all, that's all anybody gives. Don't get too excited about it. Just chill out. Don't raise your hand, say amen. Don't shout. Save all that for the ball game. Whatever you do, let's not get too uptight about this Jesus business. And what kind of guy is he wanting to come down here and practice singing a choir? I tell you, if you'll come to my office and listen to the first rendition of the choir special, you'll know why he wants you down here. 
So I go through tribulation in my office just listening to this bunch trying to sing. Amen. You say, you shouldn't sing that. Why? We need a practice. Amen, buddy. I don't get too excited. My soul. Five o'clock. That's about time everybody going to bed on Sunday. Is anybody here? Please don't get mad at me. Because I'm too old for you to get mad at me. What if I were to die and you mad at me? That'd be a terrible thing. I'd have to come back and haunt you. So you're This whole world is deceptive. You ever notice that? It promises you one thing, gives you another. Amen. You say, how do you know that? Because I'm 76. And I've been getting it all along. Promise you one thing, give you another. Yeah, yeah. Deceptive. Peter just thought he could serve God part-time. Peter said, now I think Peter was a good guy. If Jesus had uh, emailed him, I think Peter would email back. I think if Peter had to uh, text Jesus and needed, or Jesus had to take uh, Peter, I think Peter would have responded to the text. I think Peter loved the Lord. I really do, like many of us. But Peter was still involved in fishing for fish. And Jesus had another kind of fishing trip in mind. And so the second time, Jesus said, Now, Peter, from now on, you'll be fishing for me. Amen. This old world is absolutely essential. I probably told you this before, but it's such a good illustration. I've got to tell you to you again. And the reason I'm telling it to you now is I don't think I could tell it to you next week because I'll be too old. This world is exceedingly deceitful. Believe me. There was in Africa, and you can tell this is probably uh, I've changed it several times over the years. So it might be fiction. Don't write it down. There was an Indian village in Africa. Once upon The little boys in the village was exceedingly mischievous. Every day at the same time, a flock of ducks would fly over the village. He didn't know I could call ducks. And they land on the river. And the little boys said, let's go duck hunting. When the ducks landed on the river, the little boys would sneak through the brush and through the vines and try to slip upon the ducks. But the ducks were too smart. The least little ripple. The least little sound, and whack, 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 off the ducks. 
coolant money. Every day the ducks would come in. Every day the little boys would come up empty. This world is exceedingly deceitful. One day the ducks flew into the river. They started to go out and sneak again to try to capture the ducks. And one little smart, wise lad said, No, we're not going to do that again. That's not working. So he said, Everybody, go grab a pumpkin. Now for you folks that's not from Tennessee, pumpkin. Pumpkin. In Tennessee, pumpkin. And they all went and got a pumpkin. They started out into the river, and the little boy said, no, 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 we're not going to do that. They went way up the river around the bend where the ducks could not see them. And he said, now push the pumpkins out in the stream. The ducks sitting very cozy and comfortable on the river, and around the bend came the pumpkins. First notice of the pumpkins. <laughs> Off the ducks went. This world is exceedingly deceitful. The next day, the ducks came in. The pumpkins came around. The ducks flew off. The next day, the ducks came down. The pumpkins come around. But today the ducks are getting kind of used to the pumpkins. And in a couple of days, the ducks were not flying off. They were just scooting over and allowing the pumpkins to go by. Lest you forget my point, this world, is deceitful as it can be. So the ducks came into the lake, into the river. The little boys went up around the bend, started to push the pumpkins out, and the little boy, whose brainchild all this was, says, No, we're going to change things today. Take your knife, cut a hole in the bottom of the pumpkin. Pull all the insides out. Cut a couple of eye holes. And let's put it over our heads. And today, the little boy and all of his cohorts, pumpkins in place, wade out into the river. The ducks are comfortable. The little boys just walked up, grabbed them by the legs, and bloop. One duck gone. Bloop. Are you comfortable? Has the world deceived you into thinking that God saved you to sit and not to serve? Did God call you 
to decorate the bank with a pole till Jesus comes? Or has somebody brainwashed you into believing that Jesus did all of that for nothing? Launch out, he said. Peter, get off the bank. Get out in the deep water. Launch out. Give more than you ever gave. Sing louder than you ever sung. Pray longer than you ever prayed. Fast for the right reason. Launch out. I'm sorry, I'm going to look and see if there's a casket here. This looks like a funeral. Did I miss something? fish are. And if we do that, number one, it's going to take some devoted possessions. Peter, I need your boat. My boat? Yeah. Peter, I need your boat. We well, you don't understand. I got that finance down for financial. I can't let you borrow my boat. I can't let you have my boat. You're not insured. Jesus said, Peter, I need to use your boat. Our possessions is God's avenue to reach the fish. Our boat, our house, our home, our car, our matches, what we have is given to us that we might loan it back to Jesus that he might reach the masses. Can anybody say Amen. Devoted possessions, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have to raise it. We're going to have to get off the bank. We're going to, I, I, I was reminded of a story, and I, it, 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 this actually happened, I guess. I don't know. What time is it? What, what are you laughing at? You? Yeah, contrary to whatever. Regardless of what he said a while ago, regardless of how he's acting or what he's thinking, making Georgia. Local man comes to the deputy sheriff and says to the deputy sheriff, Sir, I'm looking for the legal owner of my house. He said, Well, what's the problem? He said, I, I've been living there for about three years and I'm looking for the legal owner. This happened in the paper. He said, Well, who do you pay your rent to? He said, I hadn't paid any. He said, What's the problem? He said, that windstorm last week blew some shingles off the house. And I'm here to give notice. If somebody don't fix it, I'm going to move. You know the Baptist like that? I said, you know, <laughs> that went over like a pregnant pole vaulter, didn't it? <laughs> it has always been God's plan to use our devoted possessions to reach a lost and dying world for Christ. So Joshua Baptist Church, let me encourage you. After 30 years, let's get off the bank. 
After 30 years of teaching and preaching and praising and hallelujah and shouting and hand-raising and singing and all, let, let, let's just get off the bank and get out there in the deep. But it's going to take a bunch of us reaching deep, sacrificially, leaning on the line for God. Need to close. A gracious commission. Notice this. Launch out. Launch out. God's blessings are always in the deep. Read your Bible. The Hebrew children never got to walk with Jesus till the water got deep. But when the water got deep, and the furnace was heated seven times hotter. The king said, did I not throw three in that fire? Yes, O king. You threw three in the fire bound. Well, he said, well, I sure see fire loose and walking around. And the fourth has the image of the Son of God. That's in the deep. That's in the deep. Amen. Listen, listen, I hear something coming out of that lion's den. What is it I hear? Roll that rock back just a dab. Let's, I need to hear what's going on. What Daniel's doing? What's he saying? I could have stayed all night. You don't get that. Sitting on the bank. No, sir, you don't get that sitting on the bank. Peter, for the second time, let's go catch men. Launch out. Could I borrow your boat, Peter? Oh, sure. Will you listen to what I say, Peter? Sure. And the Bible said Peter launched out. Did he not? But notice Jesus didn't leave the boat. Jesus went fishing with Peter. By the way, some of you guys take Jesus with you. You wouldn't lie about what you call. You'd even throw the pictures away. <laughs> Amen. Yes, sir. Not many big fish hanging around next to the next to the bank. Simon. You want to catch fish or you just want fish? Do you like to have something in them clean nets? Simon, would you like for your nets, nets to start smelling kind of fishy? Simon, does your nets smell fishy now? No. Would you like for your nets to smell fishy? Yes. Then launch out. You want some fruit as a Christian? You want some shout in your scriptures? You want some joy in your relationship with Christ? Your nets need to smell fishy. Launch out. I know where the fish are. And by the way, listen, don't miss this. I'm not leaving the boat, Peter, 
launch out. I'm going to go with you. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Man, I've had dogs chase me out of yards. I've had big old burly guys. I think they're just looking to whoop a preacher. They never come to the door with their shirt on. What's that program on television looking for what? You know, the swamp monster, swamp, soft squash. The, what is it? I got a couple of idiots on the platform. No wonder I can't preach. I have no help at all. Looking for Sasquatch. That's what it is, right? I found him the other day, so winning. He opened the door. A big, hairy dude standing there, and I said, Say, I come to talk to you about the Lord. He said, I'm a better Christian than you are. How do you answer that? Especially big as he was. So I just said, if you're not, you're the sorriest Christian I know. <laughs> he said, come on in. <laughs> Devoted possessions. God bless your heart over these many, many years. Some of you give them. Squeeze the nickel on the buffalo till he grunted. You've given sacrificially. You've just given and given and given and given. Been willing and willing and willing. But he tells us here, let's get off the bank and let's launch out. A gracious commission. I like this, an honest answer, a God-honoring resolution. Notice this, a great confession. Jesus, I've called all night and caught nothing. My nets are empty. I have nothing. I'm bankrupt. What's wrong with just being honest? Just look God in the face and say, up until now, I haven't been what I ought to be. But with the grace of God, and in view of what you've done for me, I'll, I'll try to do better next time. I, I'll not be satisfied and content with just sitting on the bank. I'll get out there and I'll make some mistakes. I'll stump my toe and I'll, I'll hit flat on my face and I'll bloody my nose, but... Jesus, if you'll be with me, I'll just get up and I'll just try to do what you told me to do. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to go to the next level. I close. How many times is this? Twice? First. If we go to launch out, it's going to take brotherly cooperation. Look at verse 7. Look at verse 7. The Bible says, watch this. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. Henry Ford said, coming together is a beginning. Keeping together is progress. Thinking together is unity. But working together is success. 
together. Hmm? All of us can't preach like Andrew. All of us can't. What do you do? But whatever he does, he does it well. Didn't that choir do a good job? All of us can't play the piano. All of us can't play a guitar. But all of us can be all of us. I can't do everything. Somebody said, but I can do something. And by the grace of God, what I can do, by his grace, this God I will do. Amen? Brotherly Corporation. Our church is going to launch out this next year. I want this place full. You say, what will you do then? We'll build another one. You say, what we'll do this? We'll fill it full of hay. Ten dollars a bale. Put a lot of hay in it. We're not stopping. We're not. Just because I'm 76 and look like Van Winkle or somebody don't mean I'm stopping. Amen? Still fish to be caught. Boats to be bought. Nets to be cleaned. Amen. Come on, say amen, somebody. Songs to be sung. Amen. Sermons to be preached. Amen. Sinners to win to Christ. Amen. Converts to be baptized. Amen. Converts to be discipled. Amen. Hey, it's a good thing. I a little bitty boy. Did anybody ever try to walk a rail on a railroad track? I a little bitty boy. We, we used to walk on the railroad track. And of course, it was before I saved, so we bet. We bet a dime or a nickel. We could walk farther on the rail than anybody else. We'd walk on that thing. Boy, I'd hate trying to walk one now, wouldn't you? <laughs> they stopped me the other day, Joshua. They said, get out and walk that line. I said, no, nope, that you put a net under it. You'll get that after a while. <laughs> Number one, I didn't get stopped. Number two, I didn't. <laughs> Don't you use that. See, that's the only thing he's wrote down all day long. Next time he preaches, he'll be using my illustration. Watch. We'd try to walk on that rail, and we could walk a little ways, but we'd fall off. One day I told the fellow, I said, I can tell you how we can walk as far as we want to walk. We'll not fall off. We can walk that thing all the way to Marstown. He said, how's that? I said, you get on that rail. I get on this rail. We'll hold hands. We'll walk as far as we want. That's cooperation. I said, that works every time. Can't anybody say amen? You know how you launch out? You cooperate. You know how you win people to Christ? Everybody get together and do it together. Amen. Can anybody say amen? Amen. Don't you think it's about time we got off the bank? You say, who are you talking about? I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you folk who ain't coming tonight. I'm talking to you folk who've got something else really, really important to do tonight at 6.30. I'm talking to you folk sitting around on the bank with a reed pole in your hand. Singing, oh, how I love Jesus. Until Sunday night rolls around, 
You say, you just made me mad. I'm going to tell you a story, and you'll be so happy you're glad I said that. Some of the greatest reading you'll ever have in all your life is reading about the circuit-riding Methodist preachers of old days gone by. It was the Methodist circuit-riding preachers that evangelized the West. They would take their sturdy steed. They would put their saddle bags across its back and put a King James Bible. And by the way, those guys didn't tote the NIV. Or the B-U-L-L. Or bad news for an update idiot. All they had was the real thing. And they put that Bible in a saddlebag and a bedroll on that horse. And across this country they went with the love of God in their heart. And a soul that was burdened for sinners. And across this country they went and evangelized the Indian tribes and those frontiersmen on the West. The Methodist circuit riding preachers. Can you imagine how attached you would get to your horse? If he was the only one that was with you. Can you imagine talking to your horse? Imagine him talking back. That's why they became Baptist. A certain circuit riding preacher, in closing, a certain circuit riding preacher actually had come so attached to his horse. I mean, it was... It was a friend, if you please. And it come a day that the horse died. Of course, the preacher had no money, just like all preachers. Broke, silver and gold, have I none? Peter and John said, that's Baptist testimony. Silver and gold, have I none? And the preacher's horse died. No way to replace him. And it came to the ear of the local horse trader that the preacher's horse had died. Now, a car salesman has nothing on a horse trader. A dog jockey and a horse trader could teach every car salesman a lick or two. The preacher's at home mourning the death of his friend, his horse. He hears a knock on the door. That's a knock. Preacher went to the door and the man introduced himself. My name is so and so and I own your local horse lot. And I hear the bad news. I saw it on Facebook. that your horse has died. Preacher's still brokenhearted, said, yes. That's for sure, my horse died. He said, Preacher, I hate to say, and I, I know you're grieving, but I have some great news for you. Could you just crack the door, Dab, and look out at the hitch rail in front of your house and look at that horse I have tied to the hitch rail. And the preacher opened his door and he looked. He said, it's a mighty fine-looking horse. 
He said, Preacher, let me tell you about that horse hooked to your hitch rail. He said, That horse has a king-size handle on him. That horse, you can put a harness on him, and that horse will work on either side of the tongue. That horse will work in the Pharaoh or out of the Pharaoh. He will give you a day's work. And when you're done working, you can take the harness off of that horse and put a saddle on him and hit him four times on the withers. And he will change gates five times. That is a five-gated saddle horse who will work anywhere, anyhow, you want him to work. The preacher broke down and began to cry. Tears the size of watermelons hitting the floor. And the horse salesman didn't know what to do. Took a hold of the preacher's shoulder and said, Preacher, can I help? Preacher said, Well, I can't afford the horse, but I'd sure like to have him for a church member. <laughs> hey, Lord, how'd you like to have some teenagers that'll work in any situation? Just serving you because they love you. Lord, I'd like to have some moms and dads. Who's not satisfied sitting on the bank? Willing to get in the furrow, out of the furrow. Just anywhere you want them. And they'll serve you and honor you till Jesus comes. Can all the people say? Nevertheless. At thy word, I will.